Hey, what's up, John? Hey, what's going hey, what's on, up? man? Good. How you doing? Good, good, man. It's uh, it's been a while, Kai. It's been a minute. You've been killing it, man. I've been seeing all your interviews pop up everywhere, dude. Man, I'm glad. I'm glad someone's watching. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I see them because my friends, uh, some of them send it to me, and I'm like, dude, oh, really? I know this. I did an interview, a couple interviews ago. They're like, nah, where where is it? Bring it up. And I'm like, I swear to God, no. <laughs> they think just because just because you're Asian, they they automatically think I, I'm gonna like they're gonna believe me just because I'm like, oh yeah, I know them. But I'm like, no, nah, we legit did a couple interviews. <laughs> Definitely, man. This is like our. Uh, I believe it's our third. Uh time we've you know got on the line and you know got a chat in yeah i remember uh, the first time you you hit me up for an interview and then um i said cool you said yeah i'll talk to you next time when you have a fight and like literally two days before my fight or like the week up you hit me up the exact same time and you remembered which was kind of crazy like you were like on point and from that on uh, that on i was like dude this guy's legit <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta keep your eye on the the future man you know a lot i think a lot of guys are too focused on the the biggest names you know right now and of course that's important as a as a person that covers the sport of uh comp or just combat sports in general but i feel like you got to have some balance you know and and keep your i guess keep your ear to the street so to say in this world of uh mixed martial arts because it's not just the u.s man there's talent all over the world and uh you know better than anybody you're you grew up in america you uh you learned all most of your martial arts in in america but you are in taiwan now setting roots at 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 such a young age and uh yeah man it's 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 great to see that you know what you're doing and you know from people that i know that go to taiwan like let's uh, let's get into it man mma shredded uh Jeff, man, Jeff was recently in Taiwan, and you know, you guys did some work out there. Talk about that experience. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so before Jeff came to Taiwan, he hit me up. He was like, "Hey, I'm going to be coming out to Taiwan." Um, so, actually, here's how it all started with Jeff. One day, uh, I don't know if you know the uh, Instagram page, Striking Breakdowns. Striking Breakdowns on Instagram is a very popular page where he doesn't do his own voice. He just does a lot of like music and and, and a lot of None of his own fight videos. He just uses a bunch of Thai legends, striking videos, and he breaks it down for you. So he shared one day my clip, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is an honor because I used to watch his videos. Like, like no joke. Like this was my my YouTube guy. You know, when I got when I was at home, nothing to do, I'd watch this, these videos to learn. And the next thing you know, MMA shredded reposted, and I was like. Oh, like, this is dope because I've watched his videos before, but he, he was just a YouTuber to me. So I was like, but this, but I knew he was a big name. So I was like, oh, this is dope. Year, a year later, he hits me up. We stay in contact every now and then. He says, hey, like good stuff, man. Like I like your movement and you're legit. And it was really, really cool to get a compliment from him and striking breakdowns like that. Uh, also, the Muay Thai guy did a repost too, which is kind of cool. I think that I believe that all three of them are linked together. But um Jeff all of a sudden said he's coming to Taiwan. And I was like, oh, cool. Why don't you come train with me, hang out and whatnot? Um, but it would just be him and his fiance. Um, so I was like, you know what? I have enough room. Why don't you guys just stay with me? It's kind of random, you know? But I was like, you know, we're all Asian. We all kind of grew up the same way. Uh, so I was like, why don't you come stay with me? All you, what, do you, what do you want to do? 
because I'm only here to train, but I'm not in fight camp just yet. So I was like, what do you want to do? We can we do whatever. So he came and we started training every day and I took him out to all, all the good spots. He, his fiance, uh, Jeff's fiance likes, um, she likes a, a, a family mart, like, Oak, like a 7-Eleven. She likes going yeah. there and getting food. So he was getting some of the good food. <laughs> so I was like, here, I'll take you to go get legitimate food and all this stuff. So she, uh, both of them had a blast. We trained. And then I got this offer to do um, – to introduce a new rule set to combat jiu-jitsu. So combat jiu-jitsu, it's um, – you can't – you have to pull your punches. If you throw a punch and it hits somebody, it's like karate point sparring. It's like that, except I'm introducing the new rule set with Jeff where we actually go all out, like MMA style. But obviously, me and Jeff aren't going to kill each other. So on TV, we, 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 we did a we did an exhibition thing. Um, so in Taiwan, uh, I believe, like, I'm getting a little bit of attention out here. They're actually like, oh, man, you're, you're, he's one of the few legitimate fighters out in Taiwan because there's not that many fighters to start with. So it's not like – it's not like I'm out of a hundred fighters, you know, it's more like me out of 10 other guys. So it's not like the, the biggest thing in the world, but I still, I still honor it. Um, so they found me and they were able to get me to do a, it demonstrate a, uh, a new rule set. And I was like, why not use Jeff as my partner? So then that's how we kind of linked up for that. And then he also did a couple videos and then he started calling me Asian Dominic Cruz because he said my footwork was like that. So I was like, oh, that's dope. So then we we couldn't really film too many sparring sessions because him and I, it's like Goku and Vegeta, man. We were waiting for our, the last couple, the last week where we could actually go hard. But then uh, unfortunately, he kind of got, got sick, uh, just like a quick cold. And then I kind of hurt my back in training. So we didn't actually get our full sparring session. That video that you saw was him and I. Uh, on YouTube, the one where he calls sparring agent Dominic Cruz, that one was him and I just kind of warming up, just like messing around. So he didn't actually get to train, which uh, I'm a little bummed about, but it's okay because he's actually planning on visiting me in California soon. So it's kind of cool. And it's crazy that he's a bantamweight and this guy's huge. I don't know if you remember like his size, but he was huge when I trained with him. I was like, well, you're not a bantamweight. I'm a bantamweight, you know? So I, that was cool. That's how we linked up. That's how everything kind of came together. He hung out with me for about two weeks. Yeah, um, I've I've been following uh, you, of course, and and I just recently, to be honest with you, learned of Jeff. You know, there was news that he signed with one championship, and I've heard of MMA shredded before, but I'm not really a a guy that goes in there and and looks at techniques and and you know breakdown videos and stuff like that. Uh, so when uh, he, I heard someone actually contacted me, Mike. Korean top team contacted me and told me that MMA shredded or Jeff was coming to Korea. And I was just like, Oh, for real, you know, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, getting a chat with him, see what's up. And then, uh, that's when I, that's when I think he told me that he was in Taiwan and he ran, he was with you. And I was like, Oh yeah, you know, of course, man, I know who Kai is, man. Kai's doing his thing out in Taiwan. Is, uh, is Jeff's family originally from Taiwan? No, no, no. He's Canadian. He, okay. He's well, Canada. but uh, he's, yeah, uh, he can't really speak much Mandarin. Um, I, I from what what I understand, I think his his uh, family origins is based out of Hong Kong. Okay, okay, okay. Well, anyways, uh, you you know, I saw that you guys did that little uh, the the little the sparring session with the gi on and the gloves and and man, you're doing a great job, man, out there. Uh, even like getting Jeff involved in that and getting it on TV and and I see that you're in like magazines and I, I, I like that you put up those little clips, man. I think that's important to 
to show people, you know, instead of just be like, oh, I'm just going to be humble. You got to put clips up of what you're doing to show people around the world because right now people only in Taiwan will notice but if you put it up on social media it can spread you could put it up today and it won't even hit until next year who knows what can happen with that right that's what's the the beauty of social media um let's get into the other topic of your new I don't even know if it's your new nickname, but I think you've embraced the name of the Boba King. Let's say, you know, I saw you sign a Boba Cup. That is so weird. That's so weird, like real fandom right there. That, that was wild. So, um, my, my, <laughs> uh, so Boba King is like my street nickname. If somebody mm-hmm. sees me in public, they'll go like, hey, it's the Boba King here. I guess I, I embraced it only because when I train with people here, you know, um, they actually like if they know I'm at a training session and they get invited to it, they'll actually buy a boba drink, as if it's like some kind of offering. It's hilarious. <laughs> like they like they bring it to me. And they're like, "Hey, I heard you're sparring with us. Here's some boba for you." And I'm like, "Are you are you serious?" Mm-hmm. It went from my dad. Remember, I told you I, I talked to you about this. It went from my dad used to hating yeah. you know buying boba drinks. It was so expensive. To now me getting it for free mm-hmm. as like a so. Um, I held my first seminar, uh, in Taiwan ever. It was a big 30 people, you know, like, it, it, like filled the room. I, man, it was insane. It was, a, it was the most humbling experience to, to, from when I first started till now, I could say so much about it. So I held it, uh, the seminar. And then afterwards, some people actually went to the stores to buy the magazines for me to sign. And the crazy thing is, is like that magazine isn't like everywhere. It's at specific stores. And they went out of their way to go get at these specific stores. So I was really humbled by that. I was like, man, these guys are awesome. They're supportive. And they've been to all my fights. They've bought tickets to all my fights. It's not like they get freebies. So I respect that even more. Next thing you know, this guy comes up to me. He gives me a boba cup. And I was like, oh, cool. He bought me a boba drink. How funny is that? But then he asked me to sign it. So I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. Why would you give me a boba drink for me to sign? Mm. Next thing you know, he goes, yeah, can you sign it for me? Because I'm going to take it and go back home. And then like, 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 you know, Asian culture is about all about worshiping things and stuff. Mm. And he was like, I'm going to make it a shrine. So my footwork and head movement become better. <laughs> so he was like, I'm going to worship the, the, the shadow basically. And hopefully I get, gain some of your skills. And he wasn't kidding. Because when he got the drink, somebody was going to like poke a hole in it to actually like drink it. He goes like, no, no, no. Like, like he was like straight up like, don't do that. I'm not actually going to take it home. And he wasn't playing around. I was like, are you serious? I've never got that request before. And to me, what's so funny about that, even if it's just like a laugh or a joke, you know, the fact is that he is paying enough attention to me as a martial artist to know like what my my interest is and what I always post on social media so it does show that there is a following slash attention being brought into the MMA scene he's a Muay Thai guy from what I can what I could tell he was a striker but the fact that he attended an MMA seminar just so he could do this and he could learn some new techniques and on top of that you know meet face to face with somebody that inspires in martial arts I couldn't be I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what that meant to me and that was awesome I do this 10 times over again you know so that was that was awesome. That was hilarious. And then I was like, you know what? I'm officially the Boba King. You can't. I I gave myself that nickname at first as a joke, and then people took that and ran with it. I was like, well, it's no longer self-proclaimed. It's the people's Boba King. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't think anybody is the Boba King or everybody has thought of that name before. So you do have that title. And if I ever hear anybody say, you know, anything about the Boba King, there's only one, one and yeah. only, right? There's yeah. only one and only. Now, you know, let's talk about your career right now. Currently, you know, you're on your best streak, you know, yeah. three in a row. Uh, your your skills have elevated so much in a short period of time. Um Let's go back to the losses, though, you know, and uh, we've talked about them before, but I want to I want to hear your thoughts as Kai Wu late 2019, looking back at his two setbacks and what he thinks of those setbacks and what he really got from them, those setbacks. Yeah, so the first one in my first Bellator fight when I got caught in that guillotine, I actually don't don't look at that one much because or I don't think I want to change that one much because that one was just flat out. Um. I don't want to use any excuses for that. That one was just flat out. I got caught. That one was the one that stays with me the most, but I don't, I don't, I don't care to think about like make excuses for that one, you know? And I'm being completely honest when I say make excuses, because I could say I switched stances during the fight because I hurt my ankle in camp. I didn't, I hurt my back. My, I, none of that. It was purely, I got caught and I, 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 I stick with that one a lot. Um, it hurts me the most, like it, it affects me the most, but I'm not distraught over it. So that one, I'm already, uh, there's nothing to go about other than I got caught. He, he was better than me. Second fight though, I still think I won. I look at that video time and time again. I'm like, look, I could have done this. I could have done that. It's almost like the whole Nate Diaz Masvidal fight. It's almost like Nate Diaz is like, um, give me two more rounds. I could have won. Right. I agree. He could have, there was a chance. But it's like you can't get mad at the fact that you got busted up, you know. Uh, I can't get mad at the fact that I lost a split decision in somebody's hometown because I should have finished the fight. You know, I shouldn't have let it got that far. So that one's on me. That one I've taken uh, a more aggressive approach, and it's a subtle aggressive approach. It's not like I'm going to go into every single fight now like Cody Garbrandt swinging hands, you know. It's more of like a, a – now, every single time I get into a fight, it's no longer just I'm trying to be a, a poet in motion. I'm, I'm trying to be like a, a ninja, you know, like you make one wrong move, you make one one wrong step, you're going to pay for it. And it's hard. So my last fight, my last couple fights, you could, I mean, even my, my two fights ago when I won that belt, it was kind of hard to talk about that one because that one I took it on short notice. My opponent came in overweight. I, I took it on three weeks notice. There's not much up weight class, whatever, but my last fight was a the true fight where I could actually those mistakes, those losses that I had, I could actually take a look at it, revise the game plan and go like where it went wrong. And my last fight was the one where I could actually showcase my full potential, you know. So that second Bellator fight, I still want to run it back with my opponent. Um <clears throat> out of purely respect, just because I, I want to prove to myself and everybody else that I, I, I can rewrite that fight. I can write my wrongs. But until <clears throat> it's a for, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I don't think I can do it just yet because I'm in contract with WOTD right now. I have a multi-fight contract. But until I'm done with that, I'm not really thinking about rematches. But if I did get the chance, I would take it. So that loss, those losses, I wouldn't trade it, man. I wouldn't trade it. If, I, if you could tell me, like, here's a magic button. You could. You, it's like a UFC video game. You could. You could rewrite your career. I wouldn't change it right now because knowing what I know now versus how I would like what I would know and where my career would be without those losses, it wouldn't be so nice. It would. I wouldn't have the information I need. So I definitely appreciate those losses. 
your contract with WOTD, it's an exclusive contract. So you're there for, I think I heard that it was three fights. Have you, have you fought any of those fights or? Um, so it's actually very nice. Their contract with me, I don't actually don't know how much I can say other than they allow me to fight elsewhere. Okay. Um, I could fight anywhere else if I wanted to. Uh, um, during this time too, it's not a big deal. <clears throat> I just, <clears throat> I just want to honor my promotional agreement on my end and get it over with. Also, I want to, I don't want to fight once in Taiwan, leave and then come back a year later. I want to do like multiple, multiple fights and my crew, like go with the hype. Um, so, so I, it's a minimum of two contract, uh, two fights on the contract. It's a minimum. But, um, if I, if I do win these, they're not going to have belts anytime soon from what I know. So after these next two fights, I'm going to go back to the States, uh, hopefully Bellator calls again or Combate Americas or what, what's really juicy right now is one, one FC. That's something I'm looking, I really want to look forward to. Or uh, because one's going to the States, right? Supposedly next year. Or the the Dana White Contender Series. That's something I'm curious to in Shanghai because my mom does business in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I just came back from Hong Kong too. So Asia is really developing, and I really like that. And uh, Taiwan is an untapped market. There just isn't a figurehead here yet. There's no there's no LeBron James of MMA in Taiwan just yet, and it's hard because. It's kind of like it's it's ironic. You need a figure to blow the sport up, but you also need the people to support that figure. So how do you how do you without one or the other? There is there is none, you know. So it's a paradox that I'm currently working on, but I think I, I'm starting to get a solution because I'm, I think I'm starting to get a little bit of a following, like a, a support behind behind me here. So I really look forward to that. But the contract is not exclusive. Um, I just want to get my fights over with and build the MMA scene out here, you know. Do you ever look at Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity? You ever look at how he did it? You know, do you see uh, anything that you can take away from how he handled everything? Because I feel that he was a a great role model, or he is a great role model for you know all Asians. You know, every Asian, he's great. He did great things, and he's still doing great things. It might not be you know like playing for the highest level in basketball but he's still playing actually he's playing in in china right or is he playing in taiwan playing in beijing okay he's playing in beijing now you ever look at him and and think like okay there's some things you could take from him and his rise and 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 implement it into what you're doing right now yeah definitely um i think i think maybe maybe be a little bit be a little bit louder i guess uh during the hype of your you know like the peak of your career with jeremy lynn it's such a unique story he was he's so good and he got so good so fast you know like the stardom i remember when i was in high school when i when when he blew up and i was like dude this is insane finally an asian you know uh, an athlete in the sport I definitely take a lot of inspiration from. Him. There's not one thing where I, I look at and I go like, you know what, he did that wrong because we're in kind of two different. Yeah, we're in the same industry, but two different sports. Where one game you have you you do one thing really cool, you have another week, and then if you lose, you lose. It's not a big deal. Whereas in MMA, if you lose, yeah. it could be a, like a, a disgusting knockout where you're plastered all over the internet, and then 
the YouTube comment section is just filled with hate and that, or you do really good and then people go like, oh, you're the next best thing. You're only as good as your last fight. So it's a little different when you compare combat sports to other um, sport athletes. So the best I could do is take inspiration from him on how he, how humble he is. But at the same time, um, I think what's so great about him is the fact that he never, he always stuck to his roots. He was, he's big in Taiwan. He, he comes back here every now and then. And, you know, like he, 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 he didn't, he didn't disassociate himself when he got to the peak of his career away from, you know, cause, cause he was born in the States like me, he's an ABC. Um, so he, he, would, he didn't, he didn't shy away from that. Cause I actually, you know, I don't want to name anybody to give them uh, the spotlight, but there is some people that are ABC that just completely separated themselves from the Asian community because they're like, they either don't believe in it or they don't, I don't know. There's, there's some sort of disconnect that's completely fine. But what I liked about Jeremy Lin was he always stuck to his roots. Mm. He, he kind of reminds me of Jon Snow a little bit. I game of Thrones, even at the end, he was supposed to, you know, you're supposed to be the king at the top, but instead he went to the other side of the wall. He went where he felt he truly belonged. And that may not be the greatest thing in the world. Like, you know, in terms of money and status, but still, you're 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 with your people, and you get respect for that. And nowadays, respect is in very very short. You know, it's it's not it's not it doesn't come around often. So I do respect that, and that's something I, I do plan on um, doing. Except it's not just Taiwan. It's I want to do this for all of Asia. You know, like I want to represent all of the Asians because that's how that's how some people see us, right? They see a, a Vietnamese guy, a Korean guy, they're like, oh, you're all Chinese or, or you're all this, you know? So I, I'll, if you want to see us as that, then I'll represent all of us, you know, and educate people along the way. So that's my goal now uh, when I see Jeremy Lin. It's a fascinating story with him. So I definitely want to do um, my my version, but it will be like a 2.0 of, I kind of kick-started it and then the trickle-down effect, everybody else that followed along. Yeah, I feel as a, as a, uh, a fighter, it's 10 times as hard compared to any other sport to, to, you know, blaze your path, so to say, and, 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 and accomplish your goals. Because like you said, you're only as good as your last fight. And if you get destroyed, you know, it's not just like you pick yourself up and you go to the, you know, to the next city and play the next game. It's yeah. mentally, it's so much different from anything else and uh yeah man that's what that's why you know fighters are i believe should be the most respected out of any athlete in the world i don't even follow really no other sports except for fighting do you follow any sports i used to follow basketball when i was a kid i used to love watching the houston rockets tracy mcgrady play uh, i used to be a big basketball kid. yeah yeah i mean the, the the dynamic duo uh but then i i realized i couldn't play basketball like to the fullest potential. Uh, I mean, I would have tried my best, but fighting kind of took over for me because I'm like, if anything ever happened, like in self-defense confrontations, I need to protect myself. So martial arts came first mm -hmm. after that, slowly. It just, martial arts just keeps coming back into my life somehow. And I was like, I got, I think I'm going to run with it. So no, there's no real other sports. In Taiwan right now, do you have a fight scheduled? I do. Uh, I have an unofficial fight date. Or, I'm sorry. It's an official fight date, but no opponents just yet. But I'll be fighting January 12th uh, of next year. So I'm currently in fight camp. I literally just started fight camp uh, yesterday. Yeah, so I'll be getting ready for that fight. Um, the fights are only going to get tougher from here on out. So I don't expect any any easier path. The only issue uh, that I kind of have for this fight camp um, so far is in Taiwan. I'm doing my first fight camp in Taiwan. 
So I've never I've never done anything like that just yet. So I'm I'm very curious to see how it's gonna go. The level here obviously isn't nearly as close as the, the states. So I, I'm very curious to see how my training will be a little different. I've been trying to figure it out these past couple months. I haven't exactly fine tuned it just yet. But one thing I do know is I'm gonna be shredded for this fight because the gym I'm training at, the cert, certain of the equipments that I have. Um, and the facility that I have access to is different from the States. So I'm going to have a whole new approach. It's almost like I'm going to be training in the hyperbolic time chamber here because it's a little different. Um, like in the States, in the States, it's just purely gym, you know, like, like martial arts, gym, MMA training, grappling, this and that. Whereas here I can actually heal up some of my injuries and every, everything I do here, it's tailor fitted to, to me. Whereas back in the States, we have team practice here. There's not enough fighters, so the people that know I'm in fight camp and they're in fight camp, they're just like, what do we do? And I'm like, all right, show up here at this time. We get it done together. So you're taking a more scientific approach. Uh, what exactly does the facility have that's helping you uh, on the other side of the sport? It has a cage. We don't have a cage back in the States. This one has a cage, like a full-on cage. They have massage. massage it's like a... I guess most gyms do have it, but the one the, the gyms that I have access to back in the States don't necessarily – they're like a martial arts gym. This one's a legitimate like a 24-hour fitness, like a, like a big gym, except it's, it's like – it has like state-of-the-art tech. Every, like when you, if you go into this uh, gym, the storefront is a restaurant. Like a, like a, it's like a diner kind of or um, a cafe a cafe shop. You, know? you walk in. If you want to go to the, the the equipment area, you get a facial recognition scan to walk in through the door. It's not like a, oh, here's a scanner, here's a card. No, you stand in front of the thing, scan your face, and you walk through. And then it has this body mass index where you can you, usually in the states I have from what I know you have to go to really expensive gyms or go to the hospital to get your body mass, water index, you know, all that stuff, and your bone density checked here. You just step on right on it. I guess you just step on the machine and you check. This gym has uh, um, an actual cage. It has all the. This has the nicest aerodynes. It has a wall where you could like do medicine ball slams. It has almost everything you need um, that an MMA fighter like. You could get away without having this stuff, but this stuff is like if you're the champ. Like it, let's say if you're Israel Adesanya, you can start having access to this. This is like my Taiwan's. Uh, performance institute they just opened the, this gym like about for no more than a year and uh i'll uh, since i'm a pro fighter uh, i know the owner of the gym um we, we chatted a little bit so he was like hey let's do this so i'll officially be representing his his gym uh for this fight camp on top of the other gyms so it's it's a little different because the recovery methods are different the coaches that they have there strength and conditioning coaches it's a it's a very high-end gym I'll tell you this much. I couldn't afford it if I wasn't if I wasn't getting sponsored at this gym. <laughs> I just couldn't afford it. It's 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 like the it's like the higher ups. It's like a Equinox, but um um they actually have a decent sized gym. You fight January twelfth, you have another fight most likely lined up, you know, in the future for W O T D. Contender Series Asia is coming next year. You got one championship heading to the US next year. Um, do you have a preference? Do you see? Do you feel like maybe the contender series would be something that's more befitting for you, or do you see one championship as a better uh, option? As in, you know, because it's based out in Asia. If I could, if I could have it my way in a perfect world, 
I do it all. I do all mm-hmm. three. Uh, give me, give me a month in between, and I'll do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in a, in a, in, in realistically speaking, let's if we take a look at it for what it is, one FC's most likely the best option after my next fight. I would, ha- I next fight it would be six and two, so I'd have uh, eight fights, right? I'd have, I'd be, I'd have eight fights total, six and two. It's not a bad record. Um, I want my goal is to bring. MMA into Taiwan. WOTD is great. Don't get me wrong, but I want an internationally built MMA uh, organization to come in. It's like it's almost like there's no competition. WOTD can do its thing, but then a big company comes in and does its thing too. It, it builds both the, the 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 aspects of the fight game. Like it builds both companies. I don't I don't see there's an issue. Um, so what I would like is if I fought for one, I wouldn't like to do a one warrior series or anything like that. I want to just jump straight into one, you know, put me in the, with the States. I, I, I go to San Francisco, you know, I'll, I, I'm near that area. I'll sell some tickets, you know, um, or, or what I think with the, the Dana White contender series is I don't think he's going to hold the UFC. I mean, I know they have a UFC champion now, China, Chinese champion. Don't get me wrong, but I think I don't have enough fights for them. So what they're going to do is they're going to keep me on the radar. So have me fight on the Contender Series um, in Shanghai. My, my, my dad's family is actually Shanghai, Shanghai needs. So I, ha- I have like, you know, loose, loose uh, ends tied there. Let me fight in Dana White's Contender Series in Shanghai. I'll, they'll keep me on the radar. Probably go do a couple more fights or sign with one. And then afterwards, free agency right there. I have option to check out UFC if I do well in one or resign with one if I do well. Um, um, it's no secret that the company that wants you will actually get you, you know, like look at Eddie Alvarez, look at DJ. I know it's a trade, but if they want you, they want, you, you know, so you just want to see where your values lie or like where, where, who values you the most because in the fight game, I mean, man, it's, it's, it's brutal. One, one minute you're a hot prospect, you know, like Sage Northcutt, right? And then he goes to one and then Dana White's talking about how he should retire and stuff. You know, it's like, it's a brutal game, man. So you you need to be a little selfish and do what you can for you. But at the same time, my goal on top of, you know, supporting myself and, and starting something for me is to open up the industry in Asia. So both Contender Series and um, one does really well, I think, for, for my like it raises my stocks up no matter what. Um, now, which one would I prefer to have? It's obviously stable contract, one FC stable contract. You know, I definitely want one to take notice and go like, well, he's, uh, you know, obviously we're no, we're no, we're no, uh, we're not surprised with how one's marketing is done. I mean, like they want the, the, the guy who could speak English. They want the guy who could speak uh, another language represents an Asian country. I could do all that for them and bring them back into Asia, you know, uh, Taiwan specifically. Sorry. Um, they've been in Taiwan five years ago, six years ago. Didn't do that well. They, they, they haven't came back since. Taiwan's, Taiwan's coming up. You know, bring it back. I'll fight, you know, uh, I'll do all the marketing for you guys. You know, I, I won't complain. I'll do 24-7 media. I just talked with John and we'll just blow it up all day. <laughs> you know, so it's not a big deal. But uh, Shanghai, I, when I saw that, I think they're definitely taking their slow steps to building uh, China up for UFC since they have the, the, the Chinese champion. And they have a couple of uh, Chinese fighters now. Song Yadong, he's super good from Team Alpha Mill. Kid's a beast, man. He, he's younger than me, I believe. And he's uh, he's killing it. So definitely they have a market there. And I would like to do both. But if, if you really ask me, I'd probably do uh, one, that just the contract would just be more stable. And that's like, that's like the dream, right? Like, 
get a contract from Bellator, one FC or UFC. That's the biggest three. You know, you make it to one of those, any one of those. It's like you made it to the NBA. You know, it's like it's like that for us fighters. So I definitely want to get my contract. Or, you know, Bellator gives me another shot. I'd like to do it because I want to right my wrongs, man. Bellator, I, mi I missed out on my chance, you know. I definitely missed out on my chance. I I'd like to make re – rewrite my wrongs, man. So any one of those three would, would be great. But I'm, Bellator isn't really coming to Asia that I see. So I don't think I could offer them too much other than fights in the States. But, you know, one, one definitely is something I'd like to do. If you look at the bantamweight division, Bellator really doesn't have a bantamweight division. You know, it's kind of like very spare, you know, like like very there's a few fighters there, right? And they're trying yeah. to build it. They signed uh Sergio Pettis and then they do have Higa and all those guys, but if you look at the bantamweights, there's the UFC huge bantamweight roster. You got one championship huge bantamweight roster, which is actually flyweight. And then you got Ryzen, who has actually a big yeah. bantamweight roster, also there. And then you got the maybe the you know the one of the probably the best uh, bantamweight in the world, uh, Horiguchi fighting yeah. over there. So and you know you got the Asakura brothers, and and it's yeah. so crazy the options that you have as a bantamweight. But anywhere yeah. you go, man, it's gonna be fun. But like you said, one championship, they you could build a a, a pretty good. Um, conduit right with wotd as kind of like a feeder league for one championship and work with them and go back and forth like you know like how lfa does with the ufc exactly exactly or cage warriors in europe yes. bellator yeah. like it's mm -hmm. like it's like that um it, but i mean it, the potential for asia's market is limitless because the only reason why they haven't really done it yet is because they don't really understand it you know, like it, it's a, it's a hard market. It's way different from all the other markets um, in the in the world. Um, like you could sim, you could kind of simulate the, the United States their market and kind of bring it to Europe a little bit. I mean, you like look at Bellator. They they've made that transition. It's not easy, but they they can do it. Mm -hmm. well, why haven't they really come to Asia when when all the money is here? If they're really after the money, the money's here. There's no no question about it. You can't argue with me about that. You know, um, it's a fact that the money's here in Asia. But why haven't they come here? Because it's, it's such a unique market. It's hard to understand. That's why, I mean, one's killing it. I mean, regardless of all the what what people say about one, it, if they can survive this long and they're doing this well, how you gonna hate on them? You can't. You know. And I like one's um, look on martial arts. They're they're all about the respect factor. I do like that a lot. So that's something I think I fall in line pretty well with. Um, I feel like I'm doing an audition for joining one FC right now. You know, like, <laughs> I fit the criteria, but no, in all seriousness, I do. It's before I wanted to join one when I was a martial artist starting out, it, it was like, I could speak English. I could speak Mandarin. I want to represent Asian Asians, uh, country or Asians in general to fight. And the next thing you know, I started noticing one FC a little bit more. And then I was like, oh, it's almost like I tailor fitted myself to that company before even knowing about that company, you know? So it's um, like, why wouldn't I go there? And I naturally want to drift towards there, you know? Um, but I'm keeping my options open. If the, if if one gives me a one-off fight and then they want me to go to, and then Dana White Contender Series calls, you know, I'll, I'll do that too, man. I'll do, I'll do it all. I'll fight anywhere, any, any, any organization, anytime, you know, I, as long as there's an opportunity for me to fight, I'll do it. Yeah, there's always opportunities all over the place. Have you ever thought about um, 
maybe trying out for that UFC Academy. I heard that they're having tryouts for that. Uh, I think maybe in December or something. Um, I did hear about that. I, I, I personally know, I, I know, I think a, a, a sponsorship thing is what you're talking about. Um, I don't know how that would work for me just yet. I mean, I, I, I kind of loosely thought about it, but the thing that I have really good going on is, um, I don't have a manager. I don't really have a manager. I've, I've my coach who also helps me with business stuff, but I don't really have a manager. I haven't really been signed or approached by anybody from the MMA world. Mm-hmm. I've been approached by agencies in, in Taiwan for like modeling gigs or, or TV stuff. But that's different. <laughs> yeah, that's way different, but nothing for MMA. And I'm kind of like, I, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And, but, but what I'm trying to say is I've been doing pretty well for a fighter that has like, I got my own sponsors. I got my own fight gyms, fight camps, fight teams. You know, everything that I've done was kind of like self-made. I mean, I've gotten help along the way. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't have like an American top team, you know, big team backing me up where I have access to. Everything I created was my own road. Like, I didn't know who these people were. We chatted. I now have a, a relationship with these people. And I'm like, cool. You know, so I can only imagine what I can do with a little bit of a backup in a team. So I have thought about the the academy thing and whatnot. But one thing I do like about me uh, not being a part of anything is the fact that I, I have access to a lot of places. I could go anywhere. I could tra- travel anywhere. I could train anywhere. That's something I, I, I kind of want to do right now because one thing I'm noticing in my game is like I'm not that far behind from other fighters like UFC level fighters. I've trained with some. You know, I'm not far behind them. But what is it that I'm lacking? And I noticed this experience because I've only had four amateur MMA fights while these guys had like 15 to 20 and then they made their pro debuts. I've, I had th- I was three and one, you know, like three and one in, in a year as an amateur. So it's not like I had a lot of time as an amateur. So I definitely think training with higher level guys will be a benefit, uh, will be really beneficial to me and with guys that are like my size. So traveling around training and, and seeing that. So maybe the academy is a good thing, but at the same time, you know, when you sign with somebody or an academy like that, you get kind of tied down a little bit. So um, I'll have to do a little bit more homework before actually like, you know, committing to any ideas. But I like the fact that I could like, I could get up right now and go to Korea and go like, hey, I want to train with Doohoo Choi and all those guys, you know, like kind of like what Jeff said, he's traveling around, you know, he's training. That's, that's the martial arts lifestyle, you know, that's awesome. Have you ever thought about that since you are in, uh, well, now you're in fight camp, so you can't really do that. But have you ever thought about like after you fight to go out to Thailand and, and maybe mix it up with some of the guys at Tiger Muay Thai or, or even Phuket top team and maybe go to Korea and go to Korean top team and train with those guys? Because, you know, there's always a connection in Asia. There's always a way to like link up with people and, and get introduced. And, and have you thought about that maybe in 2020? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, I just got offered to uh, uh, my friend Bam. He's a uh, Bam Morris, one FC or yeah, yeah, you know him. Um, I fought with him on the same card. He's a good mm-hmm. friend. Uh, he offered the. He was like, "Yo, come out, train with us at Phuket Top Team um, or Tiger Muay Thai," you know. Uh, but 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 for me, that that's a little out of the way, just because it's like. Like you said, I'm currently in fight camp. I couldn't co- commit to any ideas just yet. But one thing that we did have was uh, the Korean – some Koreans fought for WOTD. I'm sure you know about it more than I do, some of those Korean guys. So um, RFC is in 
Korea, I believe, right? Or RFC TFC. or TFC. Yes. Yeah. So um, I was like, maybe I want to fight in Korea one day. And if mm-hmm. I did, I would make connections. Um, I remember there's this guy that fought on the last show, WOTD, or a couple shows ago. And him and I messaged back and forth on, on uh, Instagram. And he was like, you should come train with us. You're, you're like, you know, my, my coach really likes you or my cornerman or whatever. So Korea is somewhere I'd like to go because mm-hmm. Koreans are badass, man. I've been watching a lot of their fights lately. And there's one thing in common. They all, they're all like, they're like, I don't know, man. They're like the Mexicans of Asians. <laughs> like they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You take them down, they won't stop fighting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, like, so, so like Koreans are like tough. You know, Japanese people are durable, right? Chinese people are like really hard. What I mean, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but like when you fight Chinese people, there's not, they don't do anything flashy. Yeah. Like there's nothing flashy about them. They're just like, like they're just in your face, stiff walking forward. Koreans are like, they're just tough as nails. You could drop them. I, I mean, you've dropped, you could drop a Korean guy, but then you get into an exchange. It's almost like it's worse if you, if you drop a Korean guy because he's going to come back twice as strong. Whereas Japanese mm-hmm. fighters are, they're durable as hell. Like you take them down, they'll scramble with you. All this, it's annoying, you know. Uh, so all the Japanese fighters I've trained with, fought with, it's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Um, so, so that kind of leads me to say, like, like what what is there for Taiwan? I'm trying to create this thing, new thing for Taiwan. Hopefully, Taiwan upcoming generation that they adapt uh, the footwork that I have with head movement. So we'll be we'll be the slick the slick version for the Asians, but. Definitely Korea is somewhere I want to go um, train with and fight for because that that's my, – my sister-in-law is Korean. And um, uh, th- these past couple of years, you know Korean has been on the come up. You know this, man. Koreans mm-hmm. have been killing it. So I definitely want to go pay Korea a visit now because of what I've been seeing and all this trend and whatnot. But um, definitely the, the team out there, the, mm-hmm. the way the guys train out there, I definitely want to experience it. Because Japan, um, I've heard this training. I've seen some of their methods – but Korea is still a little bit newer, and there's not much footage on how they train. But they're so damn good. I want to know why. So I definitely want to head out to Korea. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, about that too. Like other people, even uh, people in like Australia, New Zealand, they're always wondering like, how are these Korean guys training? Because, like you said, there's not much footage, and their methods are not. They don't do like tutorials or breakdowns like other gyms do so they're like wondering and i think mostly koreans are they take the old school methods and and then just tweak it a little bit and then a lot of just grinding and hard work and i think that's what makes them tough and uh when they and and when they get into the fight they need to get hit like a couple times to wake them up a little bit (laughs) it's scary man because it's like a fighter gets his confidence the more he hits his opponent but with koreans gosh (laughs) I, oh, I just hit him again. Should I have done that? It's weird. It's weird to mm. see because they're, they're, it's such a unique, uh, like, do who Choi, even the way he, he, like, fights, specifically him and, and, and Korean Zombie, those those mm. guys, the pioneers, right? There's nothing flashy about them, really. They can just fight, but it's like when you hit them, like, they get better as the fight goes on. Like, do you want to do that? Like, are you sure you want to like go through that? You know? And the crazy thing is the Korean fighters, their facial expressions, they're like expressionless. So you don't really know if they got hurt or, you know, whatnot. They're just breathing and and looking at you in your face. It's kind of scary. So I I was like, man, I, I admire that. That's something definitely I I want to uh, check out and kind of get more knowledge on. So yeah, the answer to your question in terms of traveling and training, I'd love to, man. Um, I'd, I'd definitely love to. I just 
want to get this fight over with first and set something up. I had an injury this year uh, after my last fight. So I, I fractured my shin last year in my Bellator fight. I didn't know about it. And I didn't let oh. it heal. I took two fights after that. And then in, in March, I, I fractured my shin. And then I went to the hospital because um, I, I got a fever and, and all this stuff overnight when I, when I bruised my shin. Went to the hospital, found out that I had uh, cellulitis. Basically, I had staph infection, but it wasn't on my skin. It wasn't on the surface. It was inside because my shin was fractured and it was scratching like it was cutting me from the inside. And that's how I developed that infection, I guess. And it took me about like four months for it to finally heal. And I had a fight in August. So during that time, I did a lot of revamping. Um, otherwise, you would have heard me fight a lot more this year. You know, I've only fought a total about like three times this year. Mm-hmm. I would have fought way more if I could have missed out a lot of good opportunities because I had this injury. But I think it was for the best since last year I had last year I turned pro and I had six fights in one year. So I think it was good that this year I, I slowed it down a little bit and got to take it all in. You know, I was like trying to Adesanya this thing, man. <laughs> but but it, I'm all healed up now. Uh, my shin's way better. I didn't know. That's why I couldn't throw. I was like, man, why can't I kick as hard as I could? My coach's like, dude, you're being the little girl. Stop. And then we go to the hospital and it turns out it was fractured. Like I almost Anderson Silva with my leg. Like mm-hmm. if I would have thrown a kick in any one of my f- previous fights, like after that, I, my, my entire shin would have caved in. They're mm-hmm. shocked that I was able to even like kick the tie pads as hard as I was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it was crazy. And then my coach apologized to me after. He was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe you're legitimate after all. I was like, yeah, yeah. I felt, I, you know, he was making me feel all bad. I was like, maybe my bones aren't that hard. Turns out it was the complete opposite. My bones are hard. It's just, you know, I'm fortunate that that happened. But I'm all good now. I'm ready for my January fight. All right, man. Well, looking forward to it, man. Uh, only thing that sucks about uh, a January fight is is that you have to kind of restrict yourself from the holiday feasts but you know it's all worth it in the end when you get to get in that cage and perform it's always good talking with you kai man um always looking forward to everything that you're you're doing and and uh yeah man you got a big future ahead of you and uh just watching you from a from a distance is uh it's fun man yeah i really appreciate it thank you for all the interviews uh i always remember the first one that we did because that was like the first pro interview i believe i did as a, as a pro fighter, that was the first interview, and just talking about it as a pro, it was, it was it was really cool, man. I appreciate all the love you give to all the fighters, and uh, you definitely give us something to look forward to, you know, something to talk about because so much goes on. But it's like we post on Instagram, but then when we get to talk face to face with somebody, and you know, like 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 minded, it's just I appreciate, it, man. It gives us fighters a. Believe it or not, it gives us fighters like something to look forward to. Like, oh, we got a cool chat. I got some things off my chest, and I really appreciate it. <laughs>